Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. Joining me this evening, very special guest host. We do appreciate uh, all of you guys being here. Joining me, Carlos Tenorio. You guys know him. You love him. Sombrero Man, President of the Curse, and a great many number of other titles I'm sure I'm forgetting at this moment. Uh, Carlos, it's been a minute since we've talked to you. First time we're having you on the show this year. Uh, how have you been? What are you up to? And uh, I mean, we just got so much to get to today. So let's just start there. Like, what have you been up to? Uh, well, you know, <clears throat> I got elected president a few months ago of the curse, which was a great honor. And I appreciate everyone starting their faith in me to, to run such an amazing group like that. One of our seven amazing supporter groups for New Mexico United. Um, you know, just been doing that. Uh, did PA announcing this season for New Mexico Runners, which was a great experience. Uh, it was fantastic to use a sound system like they have at the Rio Rancho Event Center and see prof- pretty much professional soccer on the indoor basis. Kind of see behind the curtain of all that and how operations are run. So that was pretty cool. Uh, helped out with the UNM student section this year for basketball as well, which the student section, if you haven't been to a Lobo game, has uh, made a return. And I hope it continues like that. We actually did a TIFO this year for a game against San Diego State, who uh, still haunt my nightmares uh, for what what they did on my birthday. And uh, let's see what our baseball season has started as well. So I'm helping out with uh, Volcano Vista doing PA there for baseball and basketball and all their other sports and working in the clubhouse for the Albuquerque Isotopes. So it's uh and being a full-time college student so pretty much doing almost everything i can in the sun to keep me sane <laughs> i was gonna say you are you're a man wearing many many hats and uh before we came on the air, you mentioned uh you did mention baseball so i didn't know you were doing the piano I, I thought i heard you say beforehand that you were coaching or did i mishear that oh i was coaching last year uh it's more of a volunteer thing helping okay. out this year uh, with Volcano Vista, so it's been it's been great seeing you know young guys and just kind of popping my head in here every now and then, and you know just making sure I can help as much as I can and use the knowledge that I know from baseball and what I get at the Ice Topes Clubhouse as well, just to just to help out for these for the future of really hopefully a major league baseball. Yeah, it's uh, it's always good to see that the younger generations come up and and learning various different sports you know i i do coaching with you know with yaffle and i9 and things like that and so there are a great many number of kids who are picking up a lot of essential skills uh not just learning how to play at sports themselves but teamwork and leadership uh, among other things so uh you know i i know that i'm appreciative whenever other people get involved whether it's you know refing coaching anything along those lines even being a volunteer uh, you know, that's what helped makes youth sports and even high school sports go because there's a, there's a great need for people, uh, in the, in, in and around the community, specifically, you know, with, uh, APS schools and things like that, you know, needing, uh, officials. So yeah, 100%, I know the C team for Volcano Vista, we, they've had multiple games moved because we don't have umpires. Uh, and so doing PA, doing PA reads for Volcano Vista, you know, I've gotten to know them pretty well. It's like, if, please do not harass the officials, this, that, and the other. And whenever someone does, you know, start yelling at the officials, I always like to chop on the mic, be like, 
If you don't like the calls that are being made, please head over to the NMA website where you can apply to be an official today. Like, you know, <laughs> so if, if you, you can't coach or, you know, this, that, and the other, and you just want to help out the best you can, we need officials, uh, soccer, baseball, basketball, softball. Well, we need officials, and without the officials, you know, it's, it's hurting youth sports around New Mexico, having games moved, having games canceled for some schools because we don't have these officials. So that's also to maybe you listening – be nice to our officials, even when, like in today's ball game, they aren't making the best calls. Uh, but you know, you, credits to them for still being out there, and I appreciate every single umpire and referee that's that's been there. So, yeah, I actually, uh, so I, you know, Chris Hurst obviously does uh, coaches youth soccer here in town. I happened to ref a game for him the other day. He was filling in for Jackson Rogers of the New Mexico Runners, and there were a couple of parents that got started to get unruly. Now my, I was a center for that match. I had an AR who was very, very green by his own, by his own words. And the parents were getting onto my AR. And so like I said something to the coaches and I turned around, I said something to the parents. I re really like, I really shouldn't be engaging the parents, you know, go through the coaches and stuff, but I was right there by the parents. I just told them, I said, look, you guys got to knock it off. And the parent kept mouthing. I said, you didn't knock it off or you're going to go to your car. And that's, and that's it. And, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm going to stick up for my ARs because like whether the, I, it doesn't matter what age you are. If you have an inexperienced official who is getting flack from parents, coaches, anybody else, like, I'm going to stand up for them because we like you said, we need all the help we can get. Yeah, it's and it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, my stepsister plays on Jackson Rogers team. So I'm going to have to ask around to see who this was. Ho hopefully it wasn't on our end. And no, it, no, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> As far as I could tell, the parent was not uh, associated with, with Jackson's team. So, oh, okay. um, but yeah, that, it's small world. Yeah. Uh, and Jackson Rogers had an amazing year for the Mexico runners too. He did. He had, he had a fantastic yeah. year out there. So. Good guy. Good guy to be around. He is. He I, I've had a number of interactions with him away from the event center and super nice guy. And, you know, to see him and guys like Hearst, uh, Hurst and some others who you know, involved uh, with the community. I mean, obviously United and the runners both make a very big, point of being involved so it was really great to see those guys adam deal was out there as well uh so i got to talk to talk to those guys after that game um so a lot of fun um but we don't we're not we're not running here to talk about youth sports <laughs> um i mean i we could go on and talk about we this. On, we'll start our own podcast for that so. <laughs> this, this is actually a topic i do want to go into at some point you know with, with some folks from from around the area you know talking about the the need for youth sports and officials and things like that but by all means invite me on for that i can you got it there. yeah we will definitely do that um i wanted to ask you i saw you the other night out at rio rancho high school for the open cup match against uda at nmsu and uh you and some other supporters brave the cold the below freezing temperatures um, I wanted to ask you first, I mean, I, the first home match of you for United on the year, um, what was your takeaway from UDA and how, how did you feel like the supporters came out that night? First off, um, what the hell is going on with New Mexican weather? I was, <laughs> I was sitting out by the duck pond today watching the isotopes in shorts. And this time last week I was freezing. So, but yeah, that weather was atrocious. Uh, Kudos to the city of Rio Rancho for being there and stepping up for this match. Uh, Councilman Bob Tyler was there, former coach of mine when I played football up there, played with the Sun. Uh, Steve Fomaletta, so it was good to see that runners and United connection there. 
And first time, believe it or not, at the Rio Rancho football stadium, you know, being in their district for all of high school, had never gone there. It's a beautiful facility. So thank you to the city of Rio Rancho and Rio Rancho High School. It's well done. Um, being a Lobo, I have certain feelings towards New Mexico State University, but also being a New Mexican, it was fantastic to be able to witness history, Open Cup history, the first time a New Mexico versus New Mexico team, and hopefully not the last. And shout out to all those UDA players that were about my age, and if not older, uh, of my peers that I attend school with in my 400 level and 300 level classes. For one, being able to get classes off right before finals, so kudos to them for figuring that out. Maybe I need to go back into athletics. Uh, but secondly, they, you know, the scoreline dictated 6-0, which was maybe what the boys needed in front of the home crowd, and we ran out of smoke. But for that first half, the scoreline doesn't tell you for that first half. For the first, I want to say, what, 35, 40 minutes, it was, what, 1-0, 2-0? It was a close contest. And they kind of surprised me out of the gate. Their goalkeeper, you know, despite laying out six goals and only two really being his fault, he had a phenomenal night. And I don't know if we'll ever hear this, but kudos to that guy for an amazing night. A far better keeper than the Las Vegas legend sweatpants wearing one that we had last year. But he did a phenomenal job, and I can see him having a career one day in professional, even semi-pro sports. A lot of those guys and it just goes to show you the beauty of the Open Cup. Literally, when I tell people about it, I'm like, you can get 12 guys together if you're drunk and get a team and qualify. <laughs> you got to go through some qualifiers, but you can join. And seeing New Mexico State, UDA in there was, was amazing. Now, of course, I always take a win, and going to our next Open Cup match, I'll definitely take one there too. But it, it was – thinking about that night, of course, I'll remember the cold. I'll remember the score. But being able to see – UDA and MSU, NM, and New Mexico United, from what we've had to what we have now. Just, it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> so real quick over in the chat, Robert, how you doing, bud? Glad to see you here in the chat. Well, he's a profile picture. He has a star on there now. You know, he just, does, yeah. And uh, Subliminal Man, I did answer you over in the chat, but I do. I do ref down at Kramer Fields. So oh, that wow. is one of uh, a few places that I ref around town, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, and obviously we don't want to spend too much time talking about that, but yeah, out at Rio Rancho, uh, great event. United looked good. There were some really talented kids down there at UDA. Uh, some guys that we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on both local talent and, and guys from, uh, from other places as well. So, um, but yeah, it was just, it was good to see folks out for the first time this year. I hadn't been able to make it to any of the preseason stuff, unfortunately. And so far on the year, it's been kind of up and down like two one goal from open play one from a one from the spot um three matches in are you hitting the panic button or do you think there's a bit of an overreaction across social media i am a oakland athletics fan uh the panic button even with them has well it's getting near getting hit with the athletics but i i don't think it is nearly close enough to start saying a panic button uh, it is it is concerning if, and I've seen it on social media, we talked about this before, people that think that we're going to get demolished in our first home match, and they don't know what to expect from that. Uh, people on social media that are already calling for Zach Prince's head. But three matches in, we've scored three goals, one from the spot, and I think, was it 
we scored two in Monterey Bay, correct? If I remember, was it? I think it was four two. And yeah, it was four two in yeah. Monterey. Yeah. So you know, obviously Oakland didn't go our way, which is unfortunate. Uh, even though they had a move venues on us as well, but yeah, I think it is way too early to start with the panic button. You know, we haven't played at home yet. We've played the entire month, month, month of ah, month of March on the road and most of April on the road. I'm not worried at all. Uh, obviously, the loss of Christian Nava is a big blow, but we got a lot of other youngsters. Uh, Sosa looked amazing in that Open Cup match. Having Wagner make his debut and get those jitters out of the way was great. I am not worried. It's going to be fantastic, and we need everyone there Saturday for sure. All right, comment over chat from Jane Lilly. Uh, I'm worried about that knock Kalen took to his head. Um, so watching that match on Saturday, what did you think about the – about the, the the hit Kalen took, and do you think that's something that may keep him out this weekend against San Diego? So, so I worked for the Isotopes on Friday, and I worked on Easter, so I was at Mass on Saturday during the match, mm-hmm. uh, but Twitter notifications were served blowing up my phone. Uh, I went back and rewatched the highlights, but did not see a knock to Kalen right in, in the highlights that were included, but uh, from what I did see on social media, it does seem like a bit of a, a thing to be worried about, Obviously, in this day and age of concussions, for sure, too, we got to be worried about that. Uh, but I think, if anything, he'll be out for a little bit, but nothing to, again, hit the panic button about. Yeah, it's uh, injuries are always a concern. You, know, you mentioned Christian Nava. Obviously, Nava is a, a kid that we all thought was going to play a huge role uh, in the team this year. Uh, obviously, you know the expectation was that he was going to see significant minutes going forward. Um, but yeah, you know, it's looking at that Monterey match. Uh, it was it was not a great performance. I mean, it really wasn't. Um, you know, we got the early goal, and then United fell behind, and we conceded four consecutive goals. Um, there seems to be a bit of an issue at the back, particularly when dealing with the counter attack, uh, which in the past two matches has kind of done us in a bit. Uh, what do you see Zach and company needing to do in order to prevent, you know, a team like San Diego loyal who are off to a fantastic start this year uh, to keep them from doing the same thing? Well, I we got to first offensively, we got to press the middle like crazy. We, the middle has been open for us all the entire time, but we're running down the flanks. Uh, you know, in regards to back lane, you know, they did look a little sluggish. They looked a little sluggish against UDA as well, allowing some, chances for those college kids we just gotta be quicker um and obviously i'm not going to play armchair quarterback and say zach needs to change the formation and this that and the other but you know the the back line has been an area of concern early but i think they can turn it around uh for sure and yes we could not handle sam gleal which is a very ironic turn turn of events as a uh, as he's sam gleal's a great great human former Lobo as well. But yeah, I feel like our back line for whatever reason this year, maybe it is just starting and you know the lack of matches being played consistently where we're just a little tad bit slow out there. Um, I also think playing on turf fields has something to do with that as well. The, as a baseball player is watching the open cup match at Rio Rancho uh, high school as well. That ball moves differently on, on turf. It's a lot quicker. So there's only so much you can do at Kramer Field when it comes to training, as we've seen. So I'm very interested to see how it's going to be this weekend on natural grass, a brand new grass 
build to as well at Isotopes Park. Uh, it looks fantastic. Uh, so yeah, I think it also has to do with the, what we've been playing on. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but has every match been on turf this year? Uh, I want to say they have. I'm trying to think. So obviously Oakland was because they played at the college stadium there and then they had the patches of carpet in the middle of the goal areas. Uh, last week, Monterey Bay was turf. Rio Rancho was turf. I want to say the season opener was turf as well. I think Miami was turf as well. It was, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I feel like we'll get a better look when it's on natural grass for sure. Um, so we will see. And speaking of Rio Rancho. There you go. Coach Steve the, the Hall of Famer. USL Hall of Famer, oldest gold scorer in arena soccer history. Coach Steve, how you doing this evening, man? Glad you're in. Still score bangus. There we go. Uh, speaking of Isotopes Park, uh, you've obviously had a chance to be out there after the renovations. You know, how is the park looking? How do you think it's going to look come Saturday evening with the sod being down? And uh, do you think that just a little bit extra space makes a difference? It, it, Isotopes Park, man's it was opening day and all that. It looked beautiful. Obviously, I wasn't there freezing with everyone on opening day, but I had a chance before workouts started to go out there and see all the new renovations and everything. And the field looks amazing. It was playing a little weird this week. Uh, I will admit for Salt Lake City and both the isotopes, there were some bad hops on the infield, but I think that's just it taking root still. And, I know uh, the Salt Lake City manager probably didn't appreciate that. Probably neither did did the Isotopes manager. But the film looks fantastic. Uh, not having the heel there and having just padding is a little weird. That's going to get some getting used to. The scoreboard looks fantastic. I the scoreboard looks amazing. It's the same size. The advertisements have been taken down uh, for baseball games. The advertisements are still there, just digitally. But one of the cool things that I noticed was the um, reliever entered for Salt Lake City and they had a giant orbit. Orbit took up the entire thing and his eyes were just kind of following the reliever as he entered. It was pretty cool. Um, the outfield had, lights have been changed to LED as well. And they will, the original lights are still around the main area behind home plates. But as for the outfield, they are LED lights that are facing down. So you can, you can hardly see them. More eco-friendly as well. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other changes that it may come to the park. Um, some seats were replaced, which was very nice as well. As far as locker rooms and everything, uh, minor league baseball is working to change up locker rooms and make sure that it's bigger and there's more batting cages. We didn't do that this year, so there's no changes in the locker rooms. But the field looks great. How much room will we have extra? I don't know. Without that hill there, it makes you wonder how they're going to construct the field this year. I know there was talks about moving the field over a few feet uh, so they didn't have to take out the pitcher's mound, but that is not happening from what I understand. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to have more space, especially at altitude with a team like San Diego. Uh-oh. Drink. <laughs> Drink. Um. Uh, yeah, no. So yeah, we had, we had a little bit of discussion with discussion with David Carl about that, and and it doesn't sound like there's going to be too much of a difference in, in pitch size, but I can I can imagine like with, with just a few extra feet, you know, maybe we do widen it just a little bit, and obviously we get the open cut match here in a couple of weeks, which we haven't done before. We we're, we're going to get that at Isotopes Park. 
Uh, I know the club put out today that I think it's over 7,500 tickets have already been sold for this weekend's Ooh. match. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if that includes season tickets. Uh, hopefully, hopefully not. But um, I'm, it sounds as though we're trending towards the 10, 11,000 mark on Saturday. So hopefully United can retake the top of the league in attendance uh, here one weekend. So um Looking at Saturday, I mean, again, I mentioned San Diego or Loyal earlier. They're off to a, a running start this year. They've picked up where they left off last year. Uh, I don't necessarily think you can, can refer to them as the as the fighting Landons anymore. Um, but looking at how that roster has been constructed this year, I mean, they look to me to be, other than San Antonio, probably the team to beat in the West. Yeah, they, they have started out phenomenal this year. And let's hope that ends this week. But they, they look amazing. Uh, as an Earthquakes fan, I'm not the biggest fan of Landon Donovan. I think a few people know that. So I think credit is to him not being there fully on the sidelines. But their game against FC Tulsa, for sure, was a huge indication. They battled to the very end. And even though with it being an own goal, uh, an amazing craziness of an own goal for FC Tulsa, they did not quit. Uh, and even after getting that go-ahead goal, I want to say like the 93rd minute, they kept pressing for another one. So they they looked very dangerous this year. Uh, obviously, their season ended rather interesting last year with, with, with Oakland, which is perfectly okay in my book. But, yeah, I think this was the year that they will definitely push for a title. Uh, and like you said, with San Antonio and – we just saw the very ups and downs, and they're riding those ups and downs to a T right now. They're riding every bit of emotion that they can. They're not letting things get to them like they have in years past where they've kind of faltered. And it, they're, they're just mentally, I think, above the majority of the teams in the league as well. Uh, I feel like they've been reading the art of war lately, just how they've been playing. Yeah, one of the biggest pickups for them so far has been Ronaldo Damas, and we'll get to him here in just a second. Uh, Robert Rankin, appreciate you. Josh Carrillo, I want to shout out Josh here real quick. Josh, obviously fa- friend of the show, guy we know for several years. Um, Josh, I want to I want to shout Josh out real quick. Josh is coaching a youth flag football team down in Las Lunas, and they are looking to get up to Las Vegas uh, to play in a, a tournament, I believe, coming up. And they are doing some fundraising for that. Um, so if you see Josh over on Facebook, uh, go throw them a couple, go throw a couple bucks their way, help them. I mean, we were talking at the top of the show about youth sports. Um, go throw them a couple bucks uh, to help them get to Vegas. Uh, Josh, if you'd like, please throw the link in chat um, for your for your fundraiser so that folks can go and check that out. So we'll um, help them play where the Raiders. <laughs> appreciate you uh, so much, Josh, for being here. Um, so, you know, Damas obviously became a more well-known name a couple years ago when he helped lead Orange County uh, to on, on their playoff run. And so he, after the 2022 season, uh, went over to uh, Sunsfall um, uh, in Allsvenskan. Uh, so, but he got loaned back here to the States, to San Diego Loyal, and two goals and four appearances for Damas. Uh, he's a guy that, we know he's, you know, a threat. Um, you know, what does it take from, you know, Will and, and possibly, you know, Kalen or, or Timothy Zali at the back to, to contain a guy like Damas? 
Well, for one thing, they're going to have to make sure that he's marked at all times. Uh, you know, my biggest fear is this weekend with him, it's going to be like how Arsenal played Mo Salah last weekend, where it just seems like he was open at all times. So making sure he's marked, but also making sure that, because he does create a lot of good chances as well, because everyone focuses on him. Making sure that it doesn't leave space in the middle for a ball to play across or ball play to the corner for an easy goal too. He's a, I'm going to use a term that was used for Sante Muller. He is a one-man wrecking crew. Uh, for sure, He he's very good defensively as well, which is very rare that I feel like we see nowadays. I feel like everyone's more offensive-oriented when it comes to his position. But, yeah, just making sure he's marked well. He's not left wide open, but he's also not able to create those chances. Yeah, I, it's players like this that make me happy that I'm not in Zach Prince's shoes for a game plan like this. But like I said, I think playing on natural grass uh, in front of the home fans and at altitude, it's been a minute for him to play at altitude, if I recall. It's going to be fun to watch for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously the only time this year, aside from the preseason, was the was the Open Cup match against uh, UDA. Um, but yeah, after basically a West Coast swing to start the season, you know, we obviously had Miami for the opener, and then you got, you know, uh, Monterey and Oakland. Uh, three very different places from playing here in New Mexico. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that does make a, a huge difference in terms of, you know, how... Uh, players' bodies react to the the environment and the climate around them. And so, yeah, I mean, Damas is going to be a killer. He's the guy that we got really have to watch out for on Saturday. Uh, I don't really fo- want to focus too much on uh, the positives of San Diego. Uh, looking at who we have and potentially have available, obviously Justin Portillo will be back after his suspension. Um, we don't know yet if we're going to have Kalen Ryder or not. Uh, we'll find that out uh, late Friday, I believe. At least we, you know, the media will find out on Friday. Um, so hopefully, Kalen is there to help with that. But to me, really, the more pressing issue is our attack. Looking at what we've, what was, what's happened so far, and we've talking and talking with Zach. You know, it's a matter of creating opportunities, and we saw more opportunities against Oakland than we did against Miami, despite you know picking up the win. Um, but guys really just seem to not quite be connecting. Uh, whether it's you know a, a missed cross here or an extra touch here or a, a lack of a quality touch, what to you stands out as something that the guys particularly need to do in order to get the ball forward and create more opportunities for guys like Hurst in the area? Yeah, this is a bit concerning considering all the success they had in the preseason as well. Mm-hmm. on making sure that those crosses were finished, you know, creating chances. I, Bruce was an unbelievable wrecking crew too in preseason as well. And I'm not just going to single him out, but everyone scored. And it seems like everyone was scoring with ease in preseason. Seemed in that match against EDA, everyone was scoring with ease. I don't know if it's a gelling issue. I don't know if, you know, these guys are just scared to make that extra pass in Ted Lasso terms. Um, we've seen, we saw it, I know in that open cup match, I saw it where there was a goal opportunity and they passed it back, a wide open goal opportunity, they passed it back. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm going to try and play here armchair quarterback and what they need to do, but it's making sure that there is someone home. And we've been dealing with that. I feel like for every season that we've had a team is maybe for the exception of that first season, there's no one at the end of the, those crosses in the box. 
And if we can get someone on the end of those, we're going to be scoring nonstop because of that, you know, Hurst and Moar connection that they had in Phoenix last year and seeing that more. And now you have Adam on Moreno to the mix too. And it, it's just, it, it will get done. We can see what Josh Doling can do. I think it's just taken a few matches to get better. We've scored two, again, positive here. We've scored two goals against Monterey Bay. I've scored none against Oakland and one against Miami. So we're, we're improving, it seems like. But offensively, they just got to get – once they get something cooking, it's like when a player gets his first hit of the season. They can stop pressing, and they'll be able to sit back and relax a little more and have more fun. I think, to be fair, that second goal against Monterey was a little fluky. Yeah, uh, it was like the eleven goal last year. Yeah, yeah, because you know the the Monterey defender basically just lost his feet. The ball went, you know, ball got under him, and so there's really not a whole lot that that we necessarily did in a positive light, other than taking advantage of the opportunity, which obviously is something that we need to do. But when you look at the composition of this team, you mentioned Josh Dowling. Um, he's a, he obviously hat trick in the open cup match. He's a guy that looked really good in the, in the preseason. Talk about Daniel Bruce, Brucey, clearly a fan favorite, someone that many people across social media and the, the armchair quarterback club, uh, believe that he should be starting each and every week. If it were up to you, uh, let's, let's just take Zach Prince out of the equation here. If you're a coach of next United with this roster, what change do you make that you think will create the most positive outcome for the club? Well, that's, that's a hard one because you don't, because I don't know what's going on in the clubhouse, but from saying that I do uh, from this perspective and, you know, I, I do keep Brucey at more of a natural position where he feels more comfortable. Uh, you know, talk with Brucey during black and yellow batch. We joked that he played every position, but goalkeeper last year. Uh, but where does he look the most comfortable is one thing that we start there with Bruce. Second thing is, who are are we playing three up front? And in my case, I am. I'm playing Dolan and Moar as well as, um, oh, goodness, uh, Mondo Moreno. I thought I said him, but I said Moar. Um, but more necessarily, I think it is the back line. Um, I feel like we rely so much on our offense and our attack that we're lagging on that back, like, like we were saying. And maybe that does have stuff to do with the turf, but – Maybe not making sure, at least if I was in charge, that we're quick on the counterattack, uh, that we're quick to defend. Because I feel like we've been caught off guard a lot, and we still have. Going back to last year, we were on counterattacks on the other side. So, and obviously having Portillo back this week is a huge, huge addition to the midfield as well. But, yeah, you know, it it's a weird, it's a weird situation to be in because it's, we tried the – Let's have all the strikers we can in the world last year and we couldn't score. So do we try as less strikers? Uh, I don't know, but I would definitely play three with with Moar, Moreno, and uh, Josh Dahlin up front for sure. And, and to that point, those strikers we had last year are doing pretty well elsewhere. So. Yeah, I'm uh, not going to name names. Yeah, we don't, we're not going to dwell on that. Well, it's in the Eastern Conference at the moment. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're not going to dwell on that one. But uh, oh well, it happens. You know, they took a risk and they did pay. You know, it, it, it reminds me of back in the 1990s. The Braves used to bring in players like Walt Weiss and so on. Who, who looked absolutely terrible for the Atlanta Braves. World the Series champion with the A's, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As soon as he left, he started having fantastic years elsewhere. But 
Uh, looking at looking again at, at at our guys, you know, last year Nava was a guy that we saw as an engine in the in the midfield. He was just nonstop energy, pushing the ball forward, trying to get up the field. And we saw that at times from Sergio Rivas. Sergio, particularly, there was one match that that we had last season where Sergio basically played as like a six, as a deep lying six, and just drove the ball forward. And to me, I felt like that was Sergio's best outing of the year last year. And we talked about it at the time. And, you know, now with Nava being out, looking at who we have in the midfield, particularly the center of the field. You know, I, I look at guys like Justin. Justin's fantastic off the set piece. He can get the ball forward. Look at someone like Sam. Sam is better to me defensively than he is going forward. And I think he can get caught out at times. We saw the giveaway last weekend. And then you look at the other guys. And B's... Bees, I'd rather have in a cam type position. I don't necessarily want him dropping deep. I want him forward attacking and distributing the ball and getting in and, and making moves to pull the defenders out. Who is that engine in the midfield for us? Who fills that role by Nava? Is it something that Rivas can still do? Do we see maybe you know Miles Merritt come in? Do we see uh you know Milo Gar- Garvanian maybe step in? Garvanian, sorry. I'm gonna make sure I get that right. Garvanian step in and possibly do that, although he is more defensive minded. He is a he is a young guy that has shown the ability to get forward. What about Mr. Wagner? Um, you know, I feel like we need a, a guy with just a lot of energy mm-hmm. as well. You know, you can have all the skill in the world, but if you don't have, you know, some players are more relaxed and than others on the field. But we need that uh, that spark plug on the pitch, uh, and I think Sergio can play that role really well. Uh, we saw him do it well last year, at least in that one match, but it's making sure that it's continuation. And obviously it's hard to be energetic 24 seven in a match, but a guy like Sergio Rivas uh, and Alex Wagner, you know, maybe with him being the hometown, not really hometown product, but you know what I'm trying to say, Academy yeah. product, maybe a little more of more chip on the shoulder from him. Um, could we could also sit from Chris Weehan as well, but we need a spark plug in the middle and it's just, it's just a matter of who's going to fill that role of being the motivator at the midfield and getting things flown on both ends, offensively and defensively. Yeah, and that's that, over the past, you know, season, maybe season and a half, that seems to have been the biggest issue is getting the, the quality play out of the midfield. And I know some folks really did not like to play Juan Pablo Guzman in his last season here. Some folks have been really down on Sam. Now to me, Sam, after coming back, coming back from the injury last year has looked for the most part, pretty good. Now, you know, the, the game against Monterey last weekend was not Sam's best showing by, by a long shot. Um, you know, Kalen looked very good against Miami, but then against Monterey he had some mistakes at the back. And so, to me, I, I look at this and I see these veteran guys. And again, no one's going to be perfect 100% of the time. But I see these veteran guys that seem to get caught out in situations more often than than we would like. Do you think it's a it's a mindset? Do you think it's a tactical issue that maybe because of how high up we push that guys get caught out? I mean, what do you think is is the main issue here with the veterans? I think that I think, and not just with them. I feel like everyone's just getting caught flat-footed right now. You know, it's it's hard to make a quick run when you're just kind of sitting back on your heels. 
And, you know, use a term my dad always used to use when I would move slowly. You're moving like pond water. You know? <laughs> pond water doesn't move, it's stagnant. You know, I, I feel like a lot of our, our play has just been stagnant and we're getting caught off guard by these long balls, by these balls played down the wings and up front that by the time that we get momentum moving, it's it's already too late. They're already by us. So I think it, it is a mindset aspect of, okay, well, we're going to score a lot of goals, which we will, and the goals will come. But it's, it's again, in baseball terms, like when you, you have a really good starting pitcher out of the mound and you think he's going to strike out everybody and nothing's going to get hit to you. That ball's hit to you and you're just caught, you're just caught off guard. You're caught flat-footed. You're not thinking about what's coming next. And I feel like we've been caught – off guard way too much this season already uh, but like I said it is early you know maybe it's still getting in the flow of things and league play and not playing as many matches as El Paso good god I think they're halfway through their season it feels like right now um, but yeah it's just I think once the flow gets going like I, I said earlier we'll, we'll be able to ho- hopefully and this is just be being optimistic hopefully optimistic we won't get caught off guard as much yeah, joint fewest matches played on the season so far, along with Las Vegas and Memphis 901. We have all played three matches. You mentioned El Paso. They played six already. Oh, good golly, Miss Molly. Yeah, and, and that's something we talked to Zach about a couple weeks ago is about the staggered start to the season. You know, obviously we start a week after everybody else, then we have a week off, and then you know, you've got two, and then you've got, you know, it's like yeah, to me it feels like it's just been a very, a very strange start. And it was actually obviously you you like that consistency of going out and having the same routine week after week. And so, you know, it, do, it does feel different, you know, looking at where we are with our season compared to other clubs. And so obviously in the, here in the next few weeks or so, we're going to start catching up on all these matches being played. Uh, and then we also have to throw in an open cup match against Phoenix here in a couple weeks as well. Um, but, you know, looking at this, like I, and looking at the reaction on social media, again, I know that you're fairly active on Facebook. I'm fairly active on Reddit. And one of the one of the things that I've seen is that there is there seems to be a feeling of a lack of discipline under Zach Prince. Now, obviously, you and I are not in the locker room. We don't know what goes on. We don't we rarely get opportunities to see practices outside of, you know, preseason stuff and the occasional, you know, a uh, few minutes after one of those, which you've gotten to see in the past. Do you think that that's the case? Or do you think that it's just, because, I mean, we, we've already had, I think, almost as many yellow cards we had all of, as we've had all of last season at this point. Um, and I am being a bit facetious here, but do you think that's what it is? Do you think there's a lack of leadership or do you think it's a lack of guys being held accountable or anything along those lines? I don't think it's a lack of leadership. I think it's a, a lack of self-discipline uh, within these players. Uh, the red card that Justin Portillo picked up, in my opinion, was a little reckless. You don't do that when you're already sitting on a yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, that Oakland match seemed like yellows were just flying everywhere. I texted uh, Billy, who was at the Oakland match, and I said, Are you should try and get a yellow from the stands type thing. <laughs> like they were just flying everywhere. But you, you go into a game like that where the officials set the tone early, you got to be careful. Uh, and I feel like it's a self-discipline thing. And again, going back to the coach and coaching part of me and, you know, it's making sure that guys know that. And sometimes we all get caught up with emotions of a ball game for sure. And it's just, I think the guys need to look 
into each other, uh, into themselves, and make sure that they do hold each other accountable for reckless actions or what can be deemed as a reckless action to got a USL ref because who the hell knows what a reckless action is anymore. Uh, some officials, again, shout out to every official that's still officiating. Thank you for what you do. But it, it's it's a personal thing, I think, for them, and not so much a coaching thing. Uh, but like I said, as long as players holding each other accountable, the coaching staff as well needs to hold, you know, themselves accountable for maybe mistakes they've made. Or, you know, I think our bench got a yellow card this year too. I don't know who on the bench, but our bench got a yellow card. I think two um, actually, yeah, at least, yeah. at least, at least that's the way it's been mentioned on the broadcast by the, by the away. Yeah. You know, it's, it's making sure that we're disciplined as well, because you know, if your players see you, Getting carded in that, you're more likely. Um, you know, I almost used the episode of Ted Lasso, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Uh, <laughs> but playing hard, playing aggressive, I love that type of football. I love attacking football, but when does it become a little too much? And I think they've found where it's become too much, um, where they're too aggressive. So it's a matter of, like I said, seeing what they can do internally with discipline. Uh, and going forward, because if we keep accumulating yellow cards by mid-season, we're going to have nobody. We're going to be stuck in a Phoenix situation, except we're not going to lie about having COVID, you know? <laughs> yeah, last season I actually kept a, a spreadsheet of, of card accumulation, and it was, yeah, <laughs> it was not good after a while. My senior year, I had to do a project for my statistics class for uh, one of my favorite teachers, Ms. Ledger. Fantastic mm-hmm. lady. Played baseball with her son. And, you know, one of the stats I wanted to do just for a game was how many yellow cards are accumulating a game. And I picked a game against Colorado Springs. There, there were, I think, seven yellows and one red card issue. And I was like, this is a great game. Yeah. You have the statistic. But, you know, when, like I said, when emotions are high, they, things snowball. On it, and I feel like officials get caught up in it as well. Um, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. But you don't want anything to snowball into more what it is, because if you get a yellow card then your buddy gets a yellow card, then another player gets a yellow card, the official is going to be more likely to give your squad yellows because now it looks like a lack of discipline on your end. You know? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I agree with you here. I don't necessarily think it's a, it's a Zach thing. I don't think it's a, a lack of discipline from Zach to the players. Like you said, it's more a, lack of self-discipline and lack of awareness. Now, again, Oakland match, that referee was on one. and yeah. gave some interesting, so, so what, I, what I thought were some very soft yellows. Uh, and it really did kind of have an impact on the way that that match uh, played out, particularly with Justin getting the second yellow there. Uh, for Honestly, I found that was worse than the first, and the first one I didn't think was a foul at all. I didn't think Sam's was a, was a yellow-worthy foul either, but uh, again, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, prof- uh, I'm not a professional referee and in the sense that I'm doing, you know, regional stuff with USL and, and PRO and stuff like that. Um, I actually knew one of the referees at the open cup match a couple weeks ago. Hey, um, those are runners games. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I thought about that, but, uh, yeah, I knew one of the ARs. And so I haven't, I've been meaning to talk to him about that game and like what they look for. And, um, I had the opportunity a while back to run a comm system during a U19 game, which is really interesting. 
And so like trying to get into the mind of the referee, especially as a player, I mean, tip, ideally the referees are talking to you throughout the match. Like, all right, here's what's, here's what's going on. You guys need to ease up. You know, I, I see what's going on, things like that. And so that's something I try to do, but yeah, at this level, I mean, guys like Portillo uh, who have been around for a while, you know, should be able to uh, help control the flow of the game and control the, the, the reaction, you know, to, to yeah. what's going on. I mean, that, that's just the way I see it. And yeah, it's that's, just how, like, that, that's how I sit too. You know, you're, you're professionals and, you know, like, like I said, though, we all get caught up in emotion. I'm not going to sit here and you know say that I haven't overreacted on the umpire when I played or coached, uh, never got on a warning or ejected knock on wood uh, in my time playing when I coached. Uh, but it's also when I let my guard down personally and you know i don't keep my emotions in check which is hard which is hard but it it's it's not impossible to do and that's for right sure. right all right well, let's go ahead and uh, let's get your score prediction for for saturday evening home right. opener against san diego loyal out at the lab uh it's gonna be great to be back at home i think the fellas are gonna you know hang on to that uh and uh, in true spirit of being the cardiac kids they are and because we can't have anything nice, uh, it's going to be a 2-1 thriller. We're going to lead 1-0, and then that glorious 75th minute is going to hit. San Diego will equalize, and we will score either in the 85th or into injury time in the 90th. And All right. I will hopefully set off a smoke bomb and not light my foot on fire like I did last year. <laughs> wait, <laughs> you said, wait a minute. You set your foot on fire last yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I thought I told you this story. But, yeah, no. there's – yeah, the – there was a match last year. We actually won at home. Uh, it was around August. I forgot who it was against. But we had we scored two goals. We set, already set off a smoke bomb for players. So we had three goals in the smoke bomb bucket. So I set off the fourth one when we scored. I throw it in the bucket. When I throw it in the bucket, it hits the other smoke bombs, and it proceeds to somehow bounce out. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, shoot, there's a smoke bomb on the floor. And I'm also thinking about my job at Isotopes and realizing I will get fired if these paddings get injured and plus never capital. So I put my foot up like I'm stopped, like I'm going to find it. I look down at my left foot, find the smoke bomb, pick it up, throw it in the bucket. Didn't realize my foot was on fire. Oh um, no. Burned a nice, nice, I'll have to send you a picture of my shoe. Still have a shoe. A uh, nice yellow hole in my shoe and socks. And a shout out to RJ Montano and Susie and all the girls for making a turn on I-40 to come back and, uh, RJ putting his paramedic skills to the use and helping me out there as all my friends walked to frontier without me. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that story. Yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah. If you ever see me light a smoke bomb, I'm very, okay. Let's light it. Let's, let's hold it as far away from me as I can. I'm going to drop it in the bucket. <laughs> All right, yeah, that, that's now. something we'll keep an eye on this year. We got to make sure that you know you're in one piece. Yes, Carlos Smokeball. You're gonna have to tweet out an update after every goal. Carlos is still alive. <laughs> he not we, I think we can do that. I think we can make. <laughs> that. So, um, you know, I look at this weekend. I look how we're playing right now. I look how San Diego is playing. And unfortunately, I'm not quite as optimistic. Um, I would love to say that we walk out of this with three points. I just don't know that we do. Um, 
if we'd had some better performances in, in the run up to this, I'd be more optimistic about it. But I think San Diego wins this one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go two one as well, but I'm going to go San Diego pulling out the win. And with all oh, there only being two of us, it'll probably end one one. Uh, and the goals will both come in the first half, and the second half will just be extreme anxiety. <laughs> it just <laughs> might, yeah, yeah, knowing our luck, right? Yeah. Uh, before we get out here, I do want to ask you, you know, as president of the curse, uh, obviously, you know, club's fifth season in existence. Uh, you just took the helm not too long ago. Uh, what kind of plans does the curse have for this season in terms of uh, match day celebrations, uh, pregame stuff, anything, anything new that we expect from the curse this year? Yeah, you know, not, not anything really new when it comes to match day stuff. Um, but there's going to be a lot more when it comes to collaborations. Uh, you know, I, I'm lucky to be, I believe, our fifth president in our, our fifth year. Um, you know, with David Carl, RJ, uh, David, uh, not David, uh, yeah, wait, I'm forgetting. Uh, Jake, Jake, sorry, Jake, if you're listening. And uh, Lindsay Allen, who is our most recent president. You know, I'm just happy to join this amazing line of presidents. But uh, this year, I, I hope people look out for more collaborations with different supporters groups. Obviously last year we did the collaborations with Black Diamonds on our ISC scarf um, and all of our amazing supporters groups. This weekend we did our first TIFO of the year with Black Diamonds and thank you to Chris and everyone that showed up for that and helped us out at that uh, with that event. Um, we have plans in the work and you know, we talk about Peter Leaks, there's a Carlos leak for everybody. Um, we are working on doing a Earth Day kind of cleanup around the city of Albuquerque. And if you're not in Albuquerque, uh, you know, you can still hop in wherever you, Talos, Las Cruces, you know, Farmington, Carrizozo. Heck, even if you're in small little Texaco, New Mexico, you know, you can, you can join in. So we'll be teaming up with probably Galactic Ambassadors on that and as well as a few others. So a little more collaboration. Um, Tailgate's going to look the same, and Black Diamonds has moved close to us, so we're going to have a nice little party going on there. So when we provide food, they'll provide the DJ. When they provide food, we'll provide the DJ. So we got some cool stuff going on there. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun year, and if and you know, I, it's going to be my pitch to join us. Uh, if you would like to join the curse, we've actually changed, and this is a new thing too. Um, we've gone to an app. We have an app. Uh, it's called the Chant app. So if you would like to be a Curse member, um, there's a link in our bio on Facebook, and I can definitely shoot me a DM or an email if you would like the link as well. And I can send it to you, and you'll sign up there, and you put in your email. Everything's digital this year. Our membership card is digital. I'll pull it up real quick for you so you can see. But everything we'll be doing is going to be through the Chant app this year. So in this day and age of post-COVID and making sure that everything's as safe as possible, we thought it was the best way uh, to have our membership cards that way. And we, there it is. So the member cards will just look like this this year. Uh, if you guys, oh, if you guys can see that. So it'll just have your name on here, 2023 curse member, and your little picture. Chant's pretty cool. You can have photos. Uh, we'll have special giveaways through Chant as well. You can do score predictions and win prizes. We're currently working on getting it open to where if you're not a Curse member, you can still hop on. And uh, Certain channels will be closed, and it will be members only for those channels. 
But if you'd like to be a member, it's, I believe, $30. You get this amazing scarf, um, which was designed by Beverly Chouinard this year, uh, which is a fantastic scarf. That's what it looks like on the other side as well. And, oh, I forgot everything's flipped uh, on, when it comes to this camera. So, yeah, and the, the money that we get through memberships allows us to put on, you know, our events like Pride. Uh, allows us to bring in and hopefully work towards getting buses back to away days so we can transport and in this economy, save on gas for each other. And it allows us to do a lot of the events that we do at our tailgates uh, through memberships and all that. So by all means, if you want to be a Curse member, click our link. It's $30. You get the scarf. You can pick up the scarf at the tailgate. You can sign up to be a member at the tailgate as well if you'd like. Uh, we'll have our merch there. But if you don't want to join us, that's perfectly okay. We have so many great supporters groups out there. Galactic Bastards, Black Diamond, Set Piece, like 114, 7K. Uh, I think, I, don't, I haven't heard from them in a while, but we got one out in Derby, England, uh, mm -hmm. Dawn Patrol. So, yeah, you know, and if you'd like, heck, make your own. You know, go with the group that's going to, that most aligns with you and that you think is going to have more fun, uh, that you're going to have more fun with. So, oh, can't forget La Maracion as well. They are, and we'll plug for them. If you know how to play an instrument, you know someone that knows how to play an instrument, contact La Maracion and Tito Morales. Uh, we, need, uh, we need percussionists, we need horns, we need whoever can play an instrument so we can get this, the sport section rocking and rolling this year and jamming out. So, heck, even if you play the tuba like I did in high school, uh, contact them. I'm sure they can figure something out there so we got a lot of cool stuff planned for this year we got our first away day coming up at colorado springs next weekend which is going to be fantastic my first time up there in springs we'll obviously travel down to el paso as well and we're working on some ticket blocks for loudon we have some people going out to loudon which is going to be fantastic uh san diego is always a big one and this year you're going to see a lot more interactions with other supporters groups as well that are within isc so yeah, it's, there's a lot of fun stuff coming up and you know, hopefully I can look back when we have our own stadium, wherever that may be, and if and when that happens, and see it still going. So we, uh, if you'd like to join the curse, by all means, you can vote on our elections and be part of our board and all that amazing stuff. We'd love to have you. Very cool. Speaking of events coming up, you mentioned the, the away day to Colorado Springs next week, but sooner than that, Saturday, what time are you guys going to be out there tailgating this weekend? So Saturday, first before tailgate, UNM Women's Soccer is taking on Eastern New Mexico, I believe at Robinson Field, because there's some construction going on on the UNM Soccer Stadium pitch, if I recall correctly. So that game, I believe, is at 1 o'clock. Uh, we will hopefully, we have, don't have a set time yet. We'll have a post out soon, um, but we're aiming for maybe 2, 3 o'clock. Uh, March into the match will be at about 6 o'clock. And we will be set up in the Unim South Lot, the area, if you've been to a Unim football game and you've never come to the United game, the area that's usually where all the tents are for the hoity-toities of Unim football. And I don't care if I get in trouble for what I just said about that with my university, because it's true, uh, because that area is not for common folk like us. Anyways, um, but we'll be set up there. You can't miss us. We'll have our giant flag. Black Diamonds will have their flag. Uh, La Maracion posted something today about their tailgate. They'll be closer to the UNF football stadium uh, about where they were last year. So yeah, come out, come hang out. I know there's a lot of April birthdays going on too. There's going to be an April birthday tailgate going on next to us. 
shout out to my mother, whose birthday is coming up soon. Uh, and I love her very dearly. And she shared a birthday with the late, great Stone Austin, um, who they, they were their birthday buddies together. So we're going to celebrate their birthday, Debbie's birthday, my mother's birthday. So that's all going on. And yeah, just come hang out. You, you know, it's everyone's welcome. You don't got to pay. Uh, Black Diamonds will be providing food. We'll have sides. Uh, we'll have vegan options going on, too, if you're vegan or vegetarian. Uh, more than likely, we'll have free alcohol for everyone that's over the age of 21. Uh, please be over 21 so I don't get in trouble <laughs> as well. Uh, and from what I understand, I don't, I'm not going to say anything, but there will be, I won't say who, but there will be uh, other, we'll say entities providing food at tailgates this year as well. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, Carlos, uh, one last thing, where can people find you find the curse uh, on social media if they want to follow you and your, and your endeavors or reach out to the curse for, for more information. First off, if you want to follow me and you don't want to get the mystique of who I am, uh, who I am, please do not follow me on Twitter. That is usually just my pace to rant about UNM athletics and the Oakland athletics, but you can find me on Twitter at at real sombrero man. Oh, four. Uh, Instagram at at real underscore sombrero underscore man underscore oh four and on Facebook at Carlos Joseph Tenorio the second uh, and you can find the curse New Mexico on most social media platforms I know we're trying to get TikTok rocking and rolling hopefully if that entity is still around soon um, but you can find us on Facebook at the curse NM we have our personal page as well as we have our, our Facebook group page which you can join as well Everything's 100% free. You can follow us on Instagram, KirstenM, and on Twitter as well. I don't think we have a Reddit, though, Seth. I think that's something we might have to... Yeah, I don't think you guys do. Um, But yeah, if you you guys do get set up on Reddit, we do have a a number of fantastic moderators over on the New Mexico Night subreddit. Of course, I am one of those moderators over there. Uh, We do tend to provide a lot of information over there as well, match day threads and things like that, particularly on the away days. That's fantastic. Uh, gives fans a, a chance to who aren't at the watch parties to to get together on Reddit and discuss what they're seeing, rant about Zach Prince and other things. Um, <laughs> Heck, rant about me if you think if you think I did a horrible job capoing, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, if anyone has uh, has questions, um, you feel free to email me at the uh, cursepresident at gmail.com as well. Uh, any questions about that, or email us at thecursenm.com. Uh, if you have any questions and want to get anything involved or, you know, you just want to say that I sucked one match, that's perfectly okay. Um, I want to try and be as transparent as I can with people. Uh, so just remember, though, that I am a full-time college student as well, and I work in minor league baseball, so I will get back to you as quickly as possible. Uh, shoot me a DM as well, either on, on my personal or on Curse, and if you have any questions. And I am Team Big Forehead as well, Harry. Harry Austin, Harry, appreciate you popping in. We are just sunny off off for the night. Yeah, uh, his foot on fire now. No, no, <laughs> that was a one time thing, and uh, that there was a I saw it as an omen. Looking back at it now, uh, for uh, events that transpired after that uh, that moment, and my sweet mates are walking by the room that I I'm doing the podcast on, trying to distract me. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they are Harry Alba, Albuquerque and El Paso are playing down in El Paso this week. So. Yes, yes, we won again this morning. Uh, shout out to the Albuquerque Isotopes. They're sad. You know, I know it's early, but we're only one game out of first place in the Pacific Coast. Wait, you know, 
There you go. They, they, got, uh, they got a great group. So go check out the Isotopes too this season as well. And yeah. help fund my Patreon. <laughs> Absolutely. We had, we had Team Jacob in the chat, Team Earl in the chat. Appreciate all you guys being here. Uh, Carlos, thank you so much for being here. I know I, I reached out to you last minute, so I do appreciate you popping on this evening. And uh, always, always a great time having you on. Great conversation. And uh, like I can't wait to see you back at the lab this Saturday. Uh, so again, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Can't wait to see you and everyone back at the lab. It shouldn't be too hot, but still remember to drink water and uh, treat everyone with kindness. We'll have some fun. And yeah, I, I can't wait. And I would love for San Antonio to get back to AAA with the missions. Um, you know, Las Vegas may not have a minor league team for long. The way things are going. Again, don't follow me on Twitter if you don't want to see my, <laughs> my self-pity as an A's fan. Uh, but if you would like to see me in pain and torment, by all means, it's there for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's always fun watching the the sports takes over on Twitter, uh, no matter who's putting them out. Uh, yeah. Harry, our friend of the show, uh, is very vocal about various different sports and political topics. So go sure to be sure to go follow him as well. So a, a special thank you to everybody in the chat tonight. Uh, Earl popping on the Somos Moss Facebook account earlier. Jane. Subliminal Man, Robert, uh, Coach Steve, Josh, uh, Harry. Appreciate all you guys being here tonight. Uh, absolutely fantastic show as always. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, we will be back Saturday evening with a post-match instant reaction show. Uh, we'll do that. And then, of course, we'll be back on Tuesday next week for our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, so until next time, guys, somos amigos. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.